The New Testament reading is Romans 13, 11 to 14. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is from Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. No one knows about that day or hour not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man, Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And above all, take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Please be seated. When I was vicar of Holy Trinity Margate, we'd gone away for a post-Christmas break uh, to stay in a friend's uh, flat in Frinton, and while we were away, we were burgled. Not a nice experience. And uh, we foolishly hadn't let our neighbours know that we were going to be away and that no one was going to be in the house while we were away, and they were used to people coming and going. So when they saw a car parked in front of the vicarage and saw lights on in the house, they didn't give a second thought. If we'd let them know, they had veteran cars and they would have parked them across the entrance to the vicarage and the thieves would have been caught red-handed. A challenge in that gospel reading to be ready when disaster strikes. Recalling the days of Noah and the great flood, people going about their everyday business and suddenly totally overwhelmed by disaster. And Jesus is talking about the end of the world as we know it, and the season of Advent is a time when we both prepare for the coming of Jesus, that first Christmas, and celebrating his coming into our world, but also a little bit unfashionable, I guess, today. We also reflect on his promise to come again to wind up history. 
and plenty of speculation down the centuries about when and how that might take place. But Jesus is clear in that gospel reading that no one, not even himself, only the Father knows the date or time. And therefore the challenge to be always on red alert and ready. Many examples in recent days, tragically, of people going about their everyday business and suddenly caught up in mayhem that leads to loss of life. Whether the recent tram disaster in Croydon or terrorist attack on the beaches of Tunisia or in the heart of Paris or Jo Cox going about her everyday business as an MP or a young person dying of a drug overdose at a London nightclub. Jesus says we are to be ready. And Paul writing to the young Christians in Rome in our first reading reflects on how we're to live as Christians in order to be prepared to meet with our creator, the one who gave us this precious gift of life at any time of day or night. And uses illustrations of needing to wake up from sleep. While you're asleep, you're oblivious to all that's going on around you. I'm a deep sleeper. And when I was at university, I, this caused some amusement, I think, to some of my friends. And uh, they managed to get a key and come into my room at about two o'clock in the morning and blew a whistle in my ear for quite a long while and couldn't believe that I slept through it. But I'm also one of those people that once I'm awake, I'm awake. Leap out of bed, I rise early and like to be alert. But I confess as I get older, if I sit down to watch television in the evening, unless it's a very gripping series, I'm quite likely to doze off and wake up 10 or 15 minutes later with my wife having to tell me how the storyline has progressed. And Paul is warning against being sleepy Christians unaware of the challenges that face us, you young people, called to live out your Christian life and discipleship in an increasingly hostile environment in the West. The kind of world you and I live in and are called and challenged to live out our Christian life in this world. And it's good in this service, because of the challenges of that, to be claiming Christ's love over each of you candidates for baptism and confirmation, reception into the Church of England, to claim over you Father God's loving care, to claim over you the gift of the Holy Spirit, to be active in your life, shaping, guiding, directing you at every stage of your lives. And Paul contrasts two very different ways of life, one associated with darkness the other associated with light. A list of social and personal sins in verse 13 might be quite foreign to us, hopefully as decent living citizens. Although dissension and jealousy are not unknown in human families and not unknown in the Christian church at times. And at the end of that chapter, Paul refers to gratifying the desires of the sinful nature. And often we've read that as though it referred only to sexual sins. But actually it's a much, much wider reference than that. The sinful nature stands for a way of life that leaves God out of the picture, that thrusts him to the side. And where I put myself, my selfish needs, 
My self-centered desires are the heart of the choices that I make in life and the pattern of life that I embrace. And it's a characteristic of our 21st century Western society that me first, that kind of culture, pandering to my personal needs, my personal fulfillment, no matter how others may suffer because I'm determined to have my own way. And Jesus calls us to follow him on the way of the cross, the letter I crossed out. Each of us has been born into a human race that has drifted a long way from God's best plan for us. As one of the Old Testament prophets put it, the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately corrupt. And we see evidence of that all around us, whether it's the extremes of violence by ISIS or broken relationships, broken families, corruption in the public sector, widespread greed, Black Friday, millions of pounds spent, all those emails that I received encouraging me to spend more and more, binge drinking among young people, drug culture, breakdown of law and order in our prisons, hate crimes against people who simply happen to be different from us. And so as an enormous amount of water is used for the baptism of Samuel and Lucy and Natasha and Ethan, as we use an enormous amount of water, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we recall that we're born into a sinful human race that desperately needs God's forgiveness and the glorious reality that because of Jesus and because of his death on the cross, we can know in our heart of hearts that we are forgiven. And Paul goes on to encourage those young Christians in Rome to clothe themselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And almost certainly that goes back to the practice in the early church where candidates would strip off uh, in order to enter the waters of baptism. And as they stepped out of the water, they would be given a new white robe to put on as a reminder that they were being clothed with the very life of the risen Christ, called to allow him to be at the heart of all that they are and do. And it's not something we're called to live in our own human strength, that Christian life. If we're left to our own devices, we'll fail time after time after time. But as we clothe ourselves with the life of Christ, then that Christian life becomes gloriously possible. He's not just a dead figure of history, leaving behind an endless list of rules to live by, but he is the living Lord who longs to share each of our lives, to accompany us every step of our journey through life. In the family home where I grew up, we had an orchard full of apple and plum and pear trees. And at the right season, those trees would be laden with fruit. And I can't remember ever seeing a tree sort of in action at that time, sort of, and then suddenly plop, a pear or an apple or a plum appears on the branch. No, of course, it's not like that. The fruit comes because there is life in the tree and the tree is drawing up the goodness from the ground. And so as we live out our Christian life, it is allowing the very life of Christ to enter us and to flow into us. The fruit of the Spirit that characterized Jesus' own life and ministry, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, 
and those qualities we don't naturally display as human beings. And often there'll be a royal battle going on in our lives, and we need to make deliberate choices day by day to let Jesus have his way with us, producing fruit in our lives. Children of light, and the challenge to let something of the light of Christ light up your lives, each of our lives, as followers of Jesus. Enormous challenge in our contemporary world. But also something to encourage us as children of light, living in a world where there is an immense amount of darkness, at times overwhelming. And Christ, the light of the world, scatters the darkness. When we lived in Margate, one of the favourite places we used to take friends to if they came to stay with us was Dover Castle. And in Dover Castle, there's an enormous well that drops down 400 feet. And you could stand by that well and look into it and you'd just be gazing into an abyss of darkness. But on a good day, one of the wardens would come and would take a rag, he would soak it in petrol, and he would set light to it. And you would watch it spiralling all the way down. 400 feet, lighting up every inch of that dark well. And as you stand on the edge, journey of discipleship tonight, facing dark times in all of our lives. Some of you may have already experienced some pretty dark times, but if you haven't, you'll be very, very special if you don't experience dark times at some stage in the future. And the joy at the heart of the Christian faith is that Christ, the light of the world, journeys with us every step of the way and sheds the light of his love, his hope, his comfort, his peace on the road that lies ahead. So we rejoice with those who are being baptized and confirmed and received into the Church of England this evening. Enormous challenge to live the Christian life today. We don't live it in our own strength. And at the heart of confirmation, the laying on of hands, is the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's strength in our human weakness. If I take a stone and I hurl it up into the air, if I'm really strong, it will go up perhaps quite a long way. But sooner or later, the downward pull of gravity will bring it back down to the earth. If I take a golden eagle and release it, it can soar into the utter upper atmosphere because of the life that is within the bird and the power that is within the wings. And if you and I try and live out our Christian life in our own strength, we shall fail and be pulled down again and again. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to be part of our daily life and experience that Holy Spirit lifts us to a new quality of life where God is right at the center and Jesus is our friend and companion on that journey of discipleship God bless you as you celebrate your Christian faith this evening